What's up, world? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Matt hanging out with you here, fresh off a couple of weeks in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, for a big 10-day monster event called the Calgary Stampede. I know you've heard of it, and if you haven't heard of the Calgary Stampede, shame on you. If you've never been to the Calgary Stampede, shame on you, because it's an incredible event. One of my absolute favorite rodeos if you are a fan of rodeo it needs to be on your bucket list and more importantly you need to check it off your bucket list the first chance you can because it is such a spectacle even the event outside of the rodeo that's the thing that i didn't really truly understand until i got there that it's way more than just the rodeo there's such a huge event outside of the rodeo arena i mean as a matter of fact they shoot off $100,000 $100,000 worth of fireworks every single night of the Calgary Stampede. 100000 times 10 nights. Do the math. That's a lot of money just blowing up in colors in the air. So um, great time at the Calgary Stampede. Got to do my very first network television show. If you weren't watching on Ride Pass every day, shame on you. If you weren't watching on CBS Sports Network every day, shame on you. But this Sunday... We're going to be on Big CBS. That's right, CBS Network, my very first network television opportunity. And I got to do it with uh, two very good friends, Kate Harrison and two-time world champ, legendary Justin McBride. Those two babysat me and and took really good care of me. So um, hopefully you guys enjoy the broadcast. If you're not going to be home or if you're going to be at church, set the DVR because I want to know what you think. Uh, I'm still learning. This TV thing is so, so new to me. I want to do it. I love doing it and kind of want to expand a little bit and do more television. So had a great time. Really appreciate the opportunity and appreciate those two and everybody behind the scenes for uh, taking such great care of me. Um, Did I say I appreciate roommate Dave for holding the fort down and keeping things safe here in the big city of Delaware, Oklahoma. Big shout out roommate Dave. Thanks for doing that. Speaking of the Calgary Stampede, thanks for or congratulations rather to all of the winners, all the champs that Held up that $100,000 check. Such a huge accomplishment. And with the Calgary Stampede, man, it means rodeo season is in full effect. And I know many of you have told me you listen to this podcast going up and down the road from one rodeo to the next or from one bull riding to the next. Or some of you listen to it in the hayfield. Um, man, I appreciate all other people that continue to screenshot it and post it on Instagram, whether it's your story or your feed, whatever, Snapchat um twitter facebook all of the things that you guys keep posting and tagging me in i appreciate it um but i want to do something different i want to know where you're listening not just that you're listening from from here on out if you're going from you know cheyenne to salt lake city tell me that you know tag me in it and tell me hey i'm on my way to days of 47 or i'm on my way to the dad or i'm on my way to big sky montana and tell me where you're listening i'm in a hayfield in a tractor whatever it is i want to know where you guys are listening to this podcast so i appreciate that in advance you know what else i appreciate i appreciate all of the new podcasts that are starting to pop up my favorite new podcast i want you guys to check out is called rump chat and it's my Buddy Justin Rumford and his friend, our friend Hambone, have put together a hilarious podcast. If you're a fan of Western sports, and even if you're not, if you just like to laugh and and enjoy life, check it out, Rump Chat. Follow him on Instagram because that's going to give you all of the leads you need to know about. Rump Chat, Justin Rumford, Hambone, they, the first episode... They comprise a list of the top five announcers that they could beat up. And thank you, guys. I appreciate both of them for leaving me off of their list. I, I I don't know how. I don't know how I made it past the top five. I really figured that I'd be in the top two or three of announcers that those guys could beat up. But either way, check it out, Romp Chat. It's hilarious. So uh, this podcast here this week, it's going to be with a really good friend of mine that I've known for years maybe the most interesting man in the world. And I mean that because I met him as a bull rider. Uh, He was riding the PBRs, the Velocity Tour, some touring pro events. I met him as a bull rider. I soon found out there was so much more to him. He was a computer tech. He was an Olympic gymnast hopeful. He was a a standout athlete at the University of Oklahoma. He was an MMA fighter. He was a guitar player. He was a ninja. That's right. I said he's a ninja. I said a lot of things right there. You're going to hear all of the stories about all of those different places in his life and how they become relevant to this whole story in just a couple of moments. But 
most of you will know Vin as either a bull rider or from the television show American Ninja Warrior. He's been on there three different times. They call him the Bull Riding Ninja, and he since opened up a ninja gym just right there in the in the middle of Tulsa called BA Ninja Warrior. So if you're not already, follow him on Instagram, BA Ninja Warrior, or Vin Johns, V-E-N-N. That's the guy you're going to look for. That's the guy you're going to hear on this podcast. It's been a long time because real life kind of got in the way. He got busy with his gym. I got busy with my gym and working out on the road. And so we hadn't got to catch up in a long time. I got to see his gym for the very first time. And let me tell you something. If you're ever in Tulsa and you want to go have some fun and get a new life experience, the BA Ninja Warrior Gym is ridiculous. It was uh, very eye-opening when I walked in there. And I learned a lot about myself, pushed myself to the limits a little bit. And uh, yeah, it's fun. That's the biggest thing. And so it's fun. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's fun. So I want you to sit back. I want you to relax. And I want you to listen to my conversation with the bull riding ninja, Vin Johns. So anyways, talking about buying, buying your card back. So like you're not done. You're gonna keep you're gonna keep riding. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm the the goal <laughs> being at my age is to to take the spot for the oldest ever to make the PBR finals. And uh from what I Which is crazy cuz keep I I, I want to wait till like maybe the end of the podcast to to even say even if you don't want to uh how old you are right which still blows my mind but anyways so back to back to oldest guy ever to qualify the pbr finals that's a tall order i mean the bulls now are pretty rank every bull yeah but i mean it's not out of the realm of possibility right so yeah i mean especially considering the shit you've been doing it's crazy so all right i want to dive into this first of all this place is insane it's awesome like congrats appreciate it it's <laughs> it's my it's my second child as yeah. you know yeah 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 and and your first child's a big one right uh, like that's a big deal he's a cool kid and he's gone he's you know out surviving the world yeah you know not being a leech yeah which is good that that feels good well and he's a military kid he's a military kid yep they're um you know he's married he's he's told me that he's it's going nuts. to keep me from being a grandpa for at least six more years <laughs> That's good. That's, yeah, I mean, Elio, that's good. Hopefully, he can keep that promise. Everybody's like, "Oh no, you're gonna love being a grandpa," and I say, "And you will." I'm not saying I won't. I'm just saying I know I'm still pretty selfish when it's time. Yeah, and I don't have time to go to Yuma, Arizona, to see my grandkid. It's funny because, like, <laughs> I try to be very giving, but we were talking about this a minute ago. Like, we're pretty selfish. Like, mm-hmm. we're pretty. We both started these endeavors out of complete selfishness kind of you know i mean but it it morphed into something way more than that so like for instance i started my gym you started your gym basically to have a place for you yep yeah the 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 apartment i live in you know i don't don't have enough space and i don't have the ability or the knowledge to build stuff so decided to build this gym and train for american ninja warrior and for riding bulls i mean that's essentially the beginning of this gym and you know since i was a gymnast at 15 i've coached kids uh whether it was for pay or for fun or just because i was there yeah and um you know then to martial arts from that coach kids coach adults so it just kind of like you said just morphed organically into oh well i guess we'll just start teaching kids ninja stuff so right here we are. But then now, like you were telling me, it's become like such a rewarding thing, seeing some of these kids grow up and do things that, you know, their parents never thought they would do. You know, the the crazy, that is the craziest part because, like you said before, it was a selfish thing in the beginning. Right. And then it turned into, I have parents telling me things like they're, they're kids that have issues at home, whether it be... ADD yeah, or anything. Asperger's or, you know, any of that stuff. I, I deal with those kids daily and I have no certification to deal with those right. kids. Just life experience. But I'm being told that kids being here 
they are having more success and more changes in their kids positively mm -hmm. than when they pay to go to a doctor or a psychiatrist or you know whatever professional. I mean, we had one kid that I didn't even know he had nerve damage and was not able to write his name. He wasn't able to write. He's like eight years old. Two months after being with me, his mom comes to me and says, hey, I just want to let you know, um, you know, so-and-so was, uh, he, he wrote his name the other day. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, well, he should be writing his right, name. Right. I didn't yeah, know. I mean, you expected that. Yeah, I had no idea. And she goes, well, he's had some nerve damage in the last couple of years and was not able to write. And we've been taking him to occupational therapy for like six months and had zero results. He's been here for almost two months and now he can write his name. You think it's because like he, he's waking nerves up and doing things? Absolutely. Like, I mean, because yeah, I mean, you got this this carrot out here of these obstacles. They yeah. see them on TV. They, I mean, it is similar to a playground, but I like to definitely distinguish myself away from a playground. But things that people would do on a playground, things that you, you move naturally, our bodies are supposed to move. Things that we grew up doing on a exactly. playground. Not exactly. Not so much anymore. Exactly. And having a safe environment to do it, having coaches in here that are encouraging. I mean, you know, my policy at the door is the ego stops there. There's a lot of stuff I can do that no one else can do. And there's a lot of stuff other people can do that I can't do. And this is not the place to, like, show your stuff. We got competitions for that. We'll That's go right. figure out who's best then. That's right. In here, you're empowered. You're uh, built up. You're lifted up. Like, all my coaches know that. And that's our you know, our creed is based on that also. And, and I think because kids don't feel pressure to do, th to do things, but they want to, it allows them the about uh, the ability and the capacity to, to do those things. It, it's that carrot you're talking about is, is the idea of something fun. Yeah. And I think that that spins into uh self-competition like, right. Oh, I almost did that. Exactly. I'm going to do that next time. And I think that's, I mean, that's, that's where you build confidence. That's a good point because when we, like say uh, in one of our classes, if I have kids do a rope climb, right. well, some kids can't even climb the rope. Some kids can climb the rope in five seconds, mm -hmm. you know? And so each time we do it, I remind them, this is, this is against yourself. So if you right. climb it in 10 seconds, next time you're going to try to do it in nine mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. And so the kids know that, and, and they, they've, they've tested me. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, well, I did it. And, you know, how fast did you do it? And, I, and I'll say, now, just remember, it's okay if you know how fast he did it, but don't try to go faster than him. Try right. to go faster than yourself. Right. It's, it's funny because, like, my big thing in the gym, and, and we, we have it up on the wall now, and it, it's respect and given and earned. Because when you walk through my doors, you don't earn respect until you give everybody respect. Everybody right. in there. You give everybody the same amount of respect, then you'll earn my respect. But mm -hmm. until then, I, you're nothing. Like, I that's the see number that one policy. You've got to show that you are respectable yep. by respecting yep. someone else. That's right. Like, why, why can't the rest of the world figure that shit out? It's not hard to figure out, I was going to say, it like, seems logical. Why Why are we not politicians? Why are we not running this country? That's what I don't understand. Oh, man. I, it, we've we've got our original hair. Yeah, I don't well, know. I've got a little no, bit of it left. Got, yeah. uh, not no, much. I'm, it's funny because I was, I was thinking on the way here today, it's like, son of a gun. It's been a long time. Like, we went from, and just a little backstory, like, we went from... Being together almost, almost every, yeah, almost every day, definitely like every weekend on the yeah. BBR's Velocity Tour to like becoming adults and it sucks. Yeah. Uh, what, what, like we both have businesses and jobs and you, it blows my mind how busy you are with everything that you've done and everything that you continue to do. Let's talk a little bit about the American Ninja Warrior stuff because that's, uh, it's crazy to me. It's it's crazy to me. One that you did the show, and I remember being around for that whole process. And then, like, yeah, it's even more crazy to me that like you've kind of become a little bit of a staple on there. We had what was it about seven years ago? I think we were down in crazy. Houston, crazy. and uh, you know, people had been saying, "Oh, you should you should get on the show. You should get on the show." And at the time, you know, I knew I didn't train for it. I didn't have anywhere to train for it. Had really no 
you know, inkling to or desire to want to do it. But we were in Houston and we went to Iron Sports. Yeah. And, uh, you know, played around a little bit. And, and then fast forward, you know, five years, four years, five years, yeah. whatever. And, uh, you know, we had talked, the PBR had, uh, had, had talked about doing a Spartan team and they had asked me to be on it. Mm-hmm. And that's how it all kind of really that's, that's what, how it that's snowballed into yeah because I being a little bit different uh, from a you know when they asked me to do it I was like okay well, let's do it sounds fun mm-hmm. that gives me a chance to actually train for something else um, you know I I don't mind training but like I like goals right. so I, I want to have something like that to do and so I did the video did the paperwork and everything and then it kind of fell through. And so since it fell through, I was like, well, shoot, I might as well. That was for the Spartan deal. That was for the Spartan yeah. deal. And uh, this is, you know, mid-March. Um, and that's important here in just a second. But about mid-March, and I decided, you know, I did all this work. I might as well see if it pans out with anything else. Yeah. So I send it, uh, sent it to American Ninja Warrior, and I sent it to Broken Skull Challenge. Yeah. And uh, the guys from American Ninja Warrior called me back like two weeks later, and the season had already started. Right, we're you are supposed to turn your everything in. You're supposed to submit your application by January second of every year. Oh no! This is mid March. Uh-huh. There's one episode left, one city left out of the six for the year, and they wanted me to go to Denver, and that's why I ended up going to Denver. Yeah. And they were like, "Well, we we've got Lance. You know, Lance is the cowboy ninja." Right. Um, but they're like, "You're a bull rider, and we've never had a bull rider, so we'll just call you the bull riding ninja." So that's how that started. And I went to Denver and, you know, they, they really did a great job of, they, of portraying, you know, what I was writing, what I was, you know, as a person and everything. So it's really turned into a, like a career, I guess. It's it's so crazy (laughs) because like, I remember we were in, I think we were in Tampa and we went and found some Mm, random ninja gym that you found too. You were like, Hey, I got to go check this place out. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, cause you, I drag you to all the places I love down there. So I was right. like, yeah, yeah. Let's, we've let's made go. detours before uh, to go uh, to, the, <laughs> to the hall of fame and to go to other places <laughs> that we won't talk about on this podcast. Right. My mom might be listening. Right. Screen. But um, <laughs> no. Okay. And so then you show up to that first, what's that like? Cause for me walking in this gym today was super intimidating because I didn't realize how big everything is. I didn't realize like just I come in here and there's an 85 pound kid bouncing around like he's behind the glass at a at a at a zoo. <laughs> at a zoo yeah. I mean, but this kid's got to have like just ridiculous grip strength. He does, and he's like a gazelle. Yeah, like his legs are just. I mean, he, he jumps over that fence. Yeah, just like it's nothing. Um, but yeah, walking in to that event, oddly enough, felt like home. Like seeing the lights seeing the people knowing it was like a competition it was all on my shoulders that felt like home because like you're not scared of the spotlight like no. you're you've never but you've never shied away from attention and, and that's what i love about you because like i kind of want to drift off to the back and be like right. my buddy vin <laughs> is a badass let's give him a guitar or let's right. him to do this interview or do the weather or whatever <laughs> um weather. but so like oh, yeah. yeah but but you also come from a, a pretty steep competition background. Yeah, I mean, for my entire life, I've been kind of in a spotlight of some sort. Gymnastics, mixed martial arts, you know, doing the fights. Okay, okay. We just keep we keep piling all this <laughs> shit together. Let's go back to the, the gymnastics. Let's not gloss over that because that's a big stinking deal. It's... Um, it was life. Like, yeah. who knows why? I mean, it's got to be, it was, I was born with it is all I can say. But from the time I was 10, the only thing I ever wanted to do once I found out about gymnastics was be in the Olympics. Why that's a thing, I don't know. But right. that that was it. My parents never had to get on to me about doing homework. They never had to, uh, you know, jump me to get in the car to go to practice. Did you see something on TV or, or, or do you remember seeing and, and going, man, I want to do that? Or is it just something that you kind of started doing? That's an interesting question because I have thought about that. And no, I did not right. really ever see 
that. But my coach put it in me. Yeah. He saw something in me. Yeah. That made me feel good. And he was like, man, you just got some you. talent, you know, like you, sh- you could really make something out of this. And, and then, you know, being where I'm at now in life, looking back, that was the same thing in riding bulls. When I started riding, mm-hmm. I was 25. I had, crazy. I had no idea that you could like go to events and win money and buckles and all that. I just thought it was we go out to the ranch on you know Sunday afternoon, somebody's ranch, and get on some bulls for five dollars a head and just spend fifty bucks. Okay, go back. Okay, <laughs> we're we're coming back to that, but you got to go back to the gymnastics deal because that actually opened up doors for college. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. And I always overlooked that, but I shouldn't. Um, it's it is a thing. I, I was OU All American. Um, went there for full scholarship. Um, I ended up giving up that scholarship after two years to come home and train with my original coach so I could go to the Olympics in 96. And I was here for about six months, seven months. Uh, I was in the top 10 in the, uh, in the, for the men's team that year. Uh, they take the top six to the Olympics and all I really needed to do was go to about two more meets and go to the trials and very, very close and should have been on the Olympic team in 96. But? I ended up making some other decisions. Okay. Personally, that uh, landed me a position as a husband. No! <laughs> the no, girl. It's, it's awesome. The girl. Uh, stinking yeah. woman Women, got in the man. way, man. Yep. No, but I, I think it's awesome because I think it shows a little bit about your character and like you had wanted this dream your whole life, but then all of a sudden you saw something that was more important. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't take that lightly at all. Um, it, it was, I guess you could sort of say I was backed into a corner and my parents did not like her and they did not want me to be with her. And it was that typical cliche of, you know, your parents don't want you to do it. Um, I want to do it. I, at the time, I was smart in a lot of ways, but in those ways, I wasn't super smart. And my logic for, and my reasoning was not exactly right. But, um, you know, I decided it was time to shut that chapter and and drop it and go on. And I, I know that was a hard decision for you. Like I know that was tough to like put everything that you had worked for, yeah. the back burner to move this other thing up. But I, but I don't no regret regrets. any of it. I don't regret any of it. The things that I learned from the Olympic Training Center to the coaches to my teammates to you know the memories I have to the I mean the crazy you know ability my body has now to. To work to not work out for a couple of weeks or three oh, weeks or a month. You pissed me off so bad. You've always <laughs> pissed me off. Like I, I remember being in Vegas and judging a bikini competition okay. at a pool in Vegas. That's right. I yep. was emceeing and judging mm-hmm. a bikini competition. And normally, like I th- I thought I was in pretty good shape. I was working out all the time. And then you said something about take a picture. And I'm like, bullshit, let me put my shirt on. Because like you're just you're jacked. You're from day one since I've known you. You've just been ripped. And people ask me like, "What's your diet? What do you do?" I mean, Ice you've cream done, at you've three done, o'clock in the yeah, morning. You know, I know your you diet. know my diet. Like cupcakes, sometimes awesome. Subway. Like, I, I and I and I again, I don't even take I don't take that lightly necessarily either. But you know, I attribute a lot of that to gymnastics. Like right. the you know, my my grandma, my grandparents raised me. You know, my dad passed whenever I was real young and they took over and did an excellent job i think um and and they've both since passed also but they you know my grandma she took care of me she made me breakfast made me dinner like it she put good food in my in my body and so you know that's that with gymnastics i think is why my body's the way it is now you work your ass off you know we joke a little bit like you don't you don't go to a normal like bodybuilding gym and and lift weights all the time right. or whatever but you're constantly working even before this ninja stuff like yeah. you were constantly doing stuff i mean you were That's constantly true. doing something to 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 burn fuel to burn calories to to stay in shape i uh, i don't know i've never been um 
uh, diagnosed with ADD or anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was right. something of that in me because I, I forget a lot. Yeah. Like, and I just overlook a lot of things. Like, just like you said, like the like, fact that you were an all American at OU. <laughs> yeah. And not that I mean to right. make that light of that or belittle that at all, because I don't at all. That's like a huge, a huge accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And especially now that OU is such a major Power player much, yeah. in, in college sports, you know, I mean, um, having that lineage is highly sought after and respected. Yeah. And, uh, and I've, you know, and that's kind of another side story there. Whenever I left, I didn't, I didn't tell anybody that I was leaving. Oh shit! Except for my parent, my grandparents, obviously, my old coach, and like one or two other really, really, really close people. And so over, oh, probably. No, wait a minute. When you say you didn't tell anybody, like, did you tell your college coaches? No. So you didn't even tell the university, like, no. oh, hey, I'm taking a little break. I won't be back. No, it, it was, it was straight up ghost. <laughs> Just like, straight up MIA, man. Yeah. Just, I'm going home for the weekend and never come back. Yep. I mean, like we moved all my stuff, but yeah, my coaches didn't know. My teammates didn't know. Like at the time, it seemed like that I, you know, I don't like confrontation. I've grown up now and realized confrontation is not the same as responsibility. Right. Um, you know, and I definitely could have handled that a lot better. Um, as a human and as an adult at, but you know, I mean, I was 18 and, and, uh, you know, all I wanted to do was be in the Olympics. So that's all I was thinking about. And I didn't, and I knew I wasn't able to do that at the college because at that time you weren't able to go to college meet and a USGF meet at the same time, like the same weekend. So even though I was practicing with Jared Hanks, uh, other guys that were on the Olympic team that were training at OU, they were not students. So we had separate practices, and they got to go to the other meets that I couldn't go to because they weren't students and they weren't on scholarship. So because the university's paying for me to be there, I had to go to their meets for the college. Which ultimately wouldn't get you to your goal. Right. So, yeah, of course, being an 18, 19-year-old kid, you're going to go, eh. That doesn't make sense. This is what I want. This doesn't make any sense. That's like working a job for free. And then saying, well, I could go work the same job over there and they'd actually pay me and I could climb the ladder. Yeah. Didn't make any sense. Right. So it, made, it was logical to me. Right. And I just, you know, I mean, like shit, I said, here we are 20 years later. It's still pretty logical <laughs> still, to me. Still makes still sense. Still makes sense. <laughs> so I did, uh, I did for years, you know, kind of have it in the back of my mind that, you know, started realizing over time. And as I grow, like that wasn't the best exit strategy. Yeah. So I did reach out to my teammates, and uh, I called my old coach, apologized, was like, "Hey, man, I I know this is what happened. This is why, and I just want to let you know, like I I hope that you can forgive me, uh, you know, and uh, whether you let me back down there or not, I mm-hmm. that's not what I'm calling for. It's just kind of a I need this off my chest because I know it's like a and thing. How far after the fact is this? I did that probably eight years ago. Oh, so you'd been out for a while. Yeah, it was more, like we're more talking than 15 over fifteen years. Yeah, over a decade. Yeah, huh? and wow. and Mark, he's the Olympic coach now. Also, wow. he's the head coach at OU, and he's the Olympic coach. And he was like, you know, I appreciate you calling and saying that. And he's like, you're welcome here anytime. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's all good. but he understood where you were coming from. He like, did. Hey, I don't want anything. Like this is a burden I got to live with, and yeah, and I just need I I need peace. Yeah, and he that was good sense. with it. And, so we're all good. That makes so I'm, sense. I'm welcome down there anytime. Oh, that's cool. So that's that made cool. me feel good. Just because you, you you go back and you take care of you you go unburn a bridge, right? Essentially, exactly. Back. Exactly. Um, speaking of burning things, if I tried to work on my computer, I would light the whole <laughs> building on fire. But you got to tell you got to tell me the story about, or you got to tell the people listening the story about becoming a freaking IT guy. This is I, this is one of the greatest stories, like real life situations I've ever known in my life. So, when I made that decision to get married, yeah, we'll just got to start there real quick. Time out, time out. Let's fast forward. Like you and a couple guys kind of own an IT company. Yes, do a bunch of like we're in depth computer work. Yeah, we're yeah. a contracting firm, and we do um, corporate. We do 
small business, uh, just no residential. Gotcha. Basically, uh, we're network design, architecture. Um, you know, we're voice over IP. We can hang TVs. We can we do pretty much anything that has an IP address and electricity. Right. We do it. And uh, so, you know, I had um, when I was okay. Back to the girl. Back to the girl. Ruined the Olympics. Yes. No, I'm yes. Just kidding. And we won't even mention her name. <laughs> she doesn't even get the airtime. But uh, so she was. Um, well, we were not able to have income because neither one of us had a job right since i just came from being a gymnast and (laughs) you don't get paid to do that right uh i couldn't really not back in the day yeah you couldn't couldn't do that and and i met her at a drive-thru at taco bell it's ironic i still love taco bell what yeah and time out (laughs) again you're trying to just skirt on the outside (laughs) lane you met your wife at a drive through at Taco Bell. Yes. Elaborate. Uh, you know, it's one of those nights. Drove through I Taco do know, which is why I want you to elaborate. Because I've been through a Taco Bell drive through with you. I know. And so, and so, oh. Whether it's in Montana or, yeah, or Tulsa. Um, but yeah, we uh, we met in Taco Bell drive through And... Uh, <clears throat> So like she was working or she was like working. in a car, she three actually, cars in front of you or what? Nope, nope. Okay. She was working, yeah. working the window. And uh, she lived across the street at the apartments with like five other people. And she was, um, I think she was 17 and still in high school. And I was just at, you know, just in college first year. So it wasn't like I was that much older than her, but right. I was a little bit older. And uh, so when we moved in together, you know, she she didn't really have a job. I mean, that kind of didn't qualify and she had gotten fired or something. I don't know. But anyway, long story short, we're, um, you know, coming up on first month of rent, which I'm surprised we even got a place because we had no income, income. no job. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know how we got it, honestly. But anyway, we're sitting there looking at each other, like, how are we going to pay this rent? And she had a friend that, that worked at a local establishment that had, had poles and stuff in it. And (laughs) so, we discussed. That she wasn't even old enough to get into. Right. So we we discussed the options, and that seemed like the logical explanation to make Duh. the quickest money. Right. So that began her career as a dancer, and uh, while she was, you know, working on her career and making money, a close friend of mine and I would sit at home and uh, we played Mortal Kombat. Oh my. God. <laughs> On the computer. I don't mean to laugh because, like, if I knew you today, I'd whip your ass. I know, like, Because right? you're one of those guys. I know. But now that I know how you've turned out, like, it's fine. Well, I, I'll accept it, but... You know, and that was pretty much the only one that we would play. Like, I wasn't super, like... They, we didn't have, like, mine, yeah, Minecraft or, you know, any of that stuff. But, yeah, we we would play this Mortal Kombat game. And, and he came to me one night and he was like, you know, we need to learn how to work on computers. Because that's how we're going to make money in the future. The dude's kind of brilliant, right? Honestly, because right. like I, I don't even know how he knew that or how he decided to think about that. But anyway, it's the video games, man. He talked me into it. It's a gateway, couple, couple of yeah, it is a gateway. <laughs> <clears throat> My, uh, I don't know. It took us a couple months, and we went and bought computers. And uh, they still had Best Buy back then. Best Buy was around. I think, and uh, uh, we still have Best Buy now. Or yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Best Buy's been around for a while. They've been around for a long time. So we went and bought computers and just started messing them up, and just um, like taking them apart, taking stuff them out. Together, yeah, like deleting stuff. Like there was no internet back then, so we couldn't Google anything. Right. And uh, between me and him, we just kind of learned, you know, on our own. And then uh, I had uh, had gotten into a situation where I needed an attorney. And uh, even though my wife at the time was making pretty good money, um, I was still kind of on the barter system trying to figure out things. And so the guy said, uh, I was like, oh, how much do you charge, you know, an hour or whatever? And he's like, oh, it's like 85 an hour. And he's like cussing his computer the whole time. And right. so I'm like, hey, what's uh, – you got somebody to fix that computer? And he's like, no, why? You know somebody? And I'm like, yeah, I, f- I fix computers. Bingo. And he's, and he's like, well, how much do you charge an hour? And quickly in my mind, I realized that I'm not a professional, so I can't charge 85 an hour. Right. Because I don't even honestly know if I can fix it, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to figure it out. going to try. So I was like, ah, 45 an hour. And he's like, all right, well, 
we'll just yeah I'll have you fix it and we'll just figure out the difference at the end well, it turns out my bill was larger than his there you go but i didn't didn't give it to him i didn't tell him i didn't really know how to do it I, right it just took me that much longer because i didn't know what i was right. doing and so i didn't have to pay my bill to the attorney and i ended up using him as a um on my resume as a referral and as a business and it turned into now here i am 15 years later an it i guess technically an expert yeah and because like literally everything I've ever had that you were around when it went down, I was like, here, just fix this. And you, you find a way to fix it. Yeah. But it just started from like, ah, I'm going to figure this shit out. Yeah. That's, that's kinda how we like, did it. Kind of like your bull riding career started. Yeah. At 25. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that sounds fun. Let's, what the hell, let's go man? Do that. Where were you? How do you decide as a 25-year-old with a good job at the time, I'm assuming, right then? You were already in the, the yeah, computer I, stuff? I was in the computer stuff. I uh, was at a very large corporation, actually, yeah. in, in Tulsa here that um, went bankrupt. And so once they went bankrupt, I needed another job. Of course I, they did. They were hiring people who didn't know what the hell they were doing. Yeah, right? <laughs> They're like, why is this stuff not working? <laughs> we don't get it. <laughs> but no, they... Uh, they um, they were going to keep me, but I didn't know that. And at the time, like timeline-wise, uh, I had gotten divorced, um, and I needed something to punch without going to jail. Right. So ironically, that friend of mine that got me into computers, me and him and another close friend of ours all decided to go take martial arts. Okay. And, yeah, and you started the MMA world before the bull ride. Yeah. Okay. So we... So I told do you them. Go to, do you, I mean, do you like look up in the phone book like a karate place or boxing or well, like what's your first move? Well, I had taken, um, I had actually taken Jeet Kune Do and Wing Chun and Eskrima, which is a, a, a Filipino martial art back in like 92 from a guy named Terry Gibson when I was in high school. I looked him up because he was one of the original students of Danny and Santo, which was one of Bruce Lee's original students. I loved Bruce Lee from the moment I've read about him heard about him so my entire life has been about his philosophies so kind of like somebody talking to you about the olympics and about you being able to do it you stumble onto something and like yeah. you just get so invested in it that's like i need to be yeah. connected to that somehow yeah and i want to find the elite cool. the best the whatever you know accolade you know the the biggest person the best person in that area well i mean that's that's, I that's you did the same thing with the ninja warrior stuff like that's yeah. why we drove yeah. However far out of the way, several times to find different ninja gyms and right. That's nope. that's crazy. I love it. And so, anyways, so that's uh, you know we I've been doing it for a while, and then you know it was kind of side side gig because it wasn't in the forefront of anything. It was just I love doing it, but it didn't. It wasn't getting me anything monetarily. It wasn't you know doing anything for me that way. So it was just kind of a side thing. And then when I got divorced went to my friends and we're like, yeah, let's go do some martial arts. I said, I don't care where we go. You guys just pick somewhere and I'll go with you. Well, they yeah. picked Apollo's karate in Tulsa. In Tulsa. Yeah. And so we started going. And after about six months of being there, that's when I started to need a, a, a job. And so I talked to Mr. Cook and I'm like, Hey, uh, you know, anybody like, I know you're kind of know a lot of people around town. Can you help me out? And he's like, well, you know what? You could work for me. And I'm like, well, what would I do? And he's like, well, you could be a coach and you could be my program director because the guy that's there now is fixing to leave and I need somebody else. You're good with people. You talk well, yada, yada, yada. Um, so, you know, we should talk about that. Well, we talked about it and it seemed like a good fit. So we did it. Yeah. And uh, I said, I need this much money a year to live. And he said, okay, I'll pay you this much to be a coach. I'll pay you this much to be the program director and I'll pay you this much to fight. What? And I said, well, I'm not a fighter. He goes, well, do you want to make this much a year? <laughs> then you're a fighter. I quickly become a fighter. <laughs> but it's almost like a metaphor, as cheesy as it sounds. It's almost like a metaphor for like your whole life. You you get backed into a corner and you have to fight your way out, whether it's find yeah. a new job, whether <laughs> yeah. it's learn how to fix this damn computer. Right? Like, I mean, honestly, like you've, you've fought your whole life through things. It's So and, why yeah. not punch a guy in the face? Yeah, if somebody's going to pay me to do it and... Makes sense. Okay. I mean, I, and again, you know, like I said, you got to find the best people. So get around the right people, right training. And just, you know, from, from all the gymnastics training I've had, I, you know, if I get hurt, um, well, 
when I got hurt and as I continue to get hurt, it doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. my leg, they they thought my foot was broken the other day. Oh, really? And so I'm supposed to be wearing a boot. Well, I'm wearing flip flop. I was gonna say a boot doesn't go with shorts. Yeah, doesn't look good. No, and it and it impedes my movement. Did you do it here, <laughs> or we're not doing sure. Some ninja stuff. We're not sure. Don't know. But I but I got worlds. You're getting at that age where pains are just gonna start popping. Yeah, like oh, well, you know, just that's why I like to. I'm glad I forget things a lot. I'm right. short term memory guy. Yeah, which is another reason why I'm probably good for being a bull rider. Yeah, I forget those times that yeah. I bucked off. Yeah, that's right. That's the name. <laughs> I'm of the still game. a champ. That's the name of the game. <laughs> so, know? so he tells you, I'm gonna pay you to, to to run my programs. I'm gonna pay you to do this, and I'm gonna pay you to fight. So we we're fighter. I'm a fighter coach, program director at a, at a martial arts school. So like, I what's sign, the gap like? Okay. So I sign. So this guy comes in just off the streets, says he wants to train with us, and I do the orientation with him. During that orientation, he tells me that he's a bull rider. And I've jumped out of planes. I've been a gymnast. I've been, you know cliff dive. Right. I've done a lot of extreme things. I'm like, man, that sounds like fun. What do I got to do to get on one? He's like, well, you need to go to Sand Springs to Mock Brothers, and you need to talk to Jason and Brett and tell them that you want to get on a bull, and they'll sell you some used equipment. And that way, if you like it, you can keep it. And if you don't, you can take it back to them, sell it back to them. That's and I, in, so just, just some random dude walks in. Yeah. He's a bull rider. Hey, that sounds dangerous. I want to try that. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. So, uh, he, um, so he comes back to class couple days later and i've got the stuff i've already made it out there got the stuff talked to him exactly what he said yeah and and and, you know i i had no idea whether he was legit or you know how good he was or anything and honestly at this point it doesn't actually matter but you know it's probably better that i didn't know Mm -hmm. because i would have judged him Mm -hmm. you know based off of where he guessed everything his, his status and where the bull riding world is and whatnot and I mean, you know, he he was a bull rider, but he never rode in the PBR, right. never, right. you know, like rode in the PRCA or anything like that. But he still knew enough to get me started, right? So, like, I I'm appreciative. Just opened a door, yeah. Just opened a door to a world that like yeah, entices. Absolutely. And so, like I said before, I just thought it was going out every Sunday afternoon and getting on bulls for five dollars a head, right? I you know the first time he took me out there was that weekend. It was a Sunday afternoon out in Kellyville, and they said it's five bucks ahead to get on. I'm like, all right, well, here's 20 bucks. I'm going to get on at least four. And uh, I got on those four bulls, and I had done a little bit of research before then, and so I knew about this bull named Bodacious. Mm-hmm. I'd heard, read about him or whatever. And when I got off of the bulls, I felt like I had rode Bodacious <laughs> four times. Because this isn't something you grew up around. You know? no. I mean, you didn't. A city, city yeah. kid. Yeah, you didn't like. I mean, grow I grew up, up in Bigsby, you know, and and it was rural. But in town, and, you were a town kid. But yeah, I mean, I was in the gym around chalk. Yeah, not dirt. Yeah, <laughs> you were doing gymnastics. Yeah, I mean, I didn't own a pair of boots. I did when I was a little kid, but never in you know grade school. Nobody in your family rodeoed or anything like that. No. It wasn't like you were going. Every the closest weekend. thing to athletics that anybody in my family did was my grandma was on the high school basketball team. Really, that was it. That's it. Nobody else was anything athletic. So, so at this point, you have been an Olympic hopeful. You've been a, a college gymnast at the University of Oklahoma. You have become an IT guy and started into a world of like computer technology. You have started martial arts, and then you decide to ride bulls. I want to go back to the MMA thing because it's not like you just trained. Like you had a couple of fights. Yeah, my I actually have a pretty good record. Um, I never went to the UFC, but I did start before the UFC was a thing. Yeah. So before the inception of the UFC, I was fighting, doing what they call pancreation fights. Yeah. Um, and so I had my record was uh, fourteen and three, so yeah. won fourteen fights and lost three. Um, the three that I did lose, one is a he actually a guy named Matt Wyman. So we saw him, I think, a couple weeks ago on a card in the UFC. He he he's kind of making a comeback or wanting to. Um, and then one of my other losses was to a friend that I actually roll with almost every week now. Really? Uh, he was a Marine. Uh, we had trained a little bit together, and when we were fighting, when we got matched up together, it was a, actually a tournament. So we had an eight-man tournament where we mm-hmm. fought multiple times a night. Yeah. So he was my second fight. And since we had trained together, I 
took it a little bit differently than every other fight thinking oh we're friends we're gonna you know just kind of we're still gonna fight but but like he may not hit me as hard or i'm not gonna hit him right as hard you're not trying to just annihilate each dude. other yeah yeah and so and Aww. he wasn't really trying to but it's just like he went into fight mode and he's a marine and yep. like when the bell rang um you know we've talked about it several times since then he's like dude i was so scared of your kicks because your kicks are stupid like right. crazy fast and hard and they hurt and yada yada and i was like i know and you're a you're a wrestler so you're gonna like try to take me down so like we both have our game plans and both of them sort of worked out but the problem was whenever he got into my guard he starts hammer fisting and just clipped me just right flash knockout my friend is the ref he jumps in he's like yep your eyes rolled back you're done you know and i jump up i'm like what yeah right (laughs) you know and they're like no dude you were out i'm like all right you know that sucks but whatever so that was another loss and then the third loss was pretty pretty entertaining and a pretty decent story too we we were in the middle of july at a bar outside in an octagon and so it was hot yeah and i had just come off of a win in a jiu-jitsu tournament for doing this really crazy flashy takedown and uh we get into the third round of this fight, and this kid's freaking tough. I mean, I've punched him, I feel like, as hard as I can punch, mm-hmm. and he's not going down. Like, it's a tough fight. And uh, so I'm like, well, you know, I'm just going to try this old dragon whips the tail takedown that I did last week. And I tried it, and it <laughs> failed miserably. We both fall to the ground. He falls on my back, does the python choke. I got a tap. Done. I'm pissed. Oh. I'm like, you got to be – this guy is not he, – he's not as good as me. Right. You know, just like one of those things. So the only time I've ever done a rematch was this kid. I'm like, I want a rematch. Like, let's let's do this again. We worked it out. The first fights they had at the Hard Rock in Katusa, um, I was on that card. Really? And uh, that was my fight, was that guy. And uh, Scotty Wynn was there. He was one of the – you know, he's yep. the poker player guy, right? Yep. And uh, he was in the audience, and I had a strategy. I knew what this guy, I knew his weaknesses, and I capitalized on him, and I knocked him out Nice in the second round. And when I walked out of the cage, Scotty Wynn was like, hey, good job, man. He, like, shakes my hand, has a $100 bill in it. And I'm like, oh, sweet, that's yes, cool. Yes, where were you 10 years ago yeah. when I needed money, Yeah, right, man? no doubt. Do you think that, like, if, if the timing was different, you think you would have chased the MMA thing a lot more than you did? Um, I could have. Yeah, I feel like I could have. Um, I love training. I, I still. I mean, do would it. you have? Would is that? Do you think that would have taken precedence and you to win? Like, if put I had the UFC, discuss- the size of it is it is right now. Do you think that's the thing that you'd have been like, man? That's what I want to do. If I had not discovered bull riding, really? Yep. You think that trumps it all? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I. I mean, right now, I still like I said, I still right. train with the guys that are fighting. Right. And you know being my age and they're you know they're all 20s yeah. most you know most up-and-comers are you know mid-20s mm-hmm. they're beasts they are genetically superior to what we used to be right. you know i mean they train their asses off they they eat breathe sleep and they're specialized like this is what they do yeah and they they've grown up doing it yeah. like that's the that's the other big thing that we've that we're starting to see now with even ninja stuff like ninja stuff used to be and I say it used to be. I mean, we're talking in the last 10 years. It's right. it's really new. Still new. Very new. And, you know, it's it, it's still not even considered a sport, technically. And a lot of personal trainers kind of snuff, uh, oh, you're going to a ninja workout? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, mm, yeah, Let me tell you something. I jumped my big ass in here. <laughs> and it's so much different than anything I've ever done before. Like, And, and yeah. I did a little kid thing like with those two rings and just tried to hold myself up like – I feel pretty confident going into like any bodybuilding gym and like being right. able to pick steel up and put it down and and things like that and move heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. But this is a completely different kind of strength. It is. It really is. And I can take people that have that like I can take CrossFit people. I can take MMA fighters. Right. I can take anybody that's a, a an elite athlete in their discipline. Mm-hmm. And I can teach them some awesome stuff in here, and they can be phenomenal at ninja stuff. Like it's, it's not necessarily easy, but it is easier when someone is an elite athlete and whatever you know. I mean, like I could take you in a month 
and you'd be doing the ring toss, you'd be doing salmon right. ladder bar. Like, well, I don't be, know, man. I'm still pretty damn big. It's a lot of weight to carry around. I can still do it though. Um, but you talk about like now, kids. I don't think people realize. Yeah, they're how starting out. Things is they start like you've got young kids that come in here and can build. Okay, so the ring that's out there, yeah, on the on the warped wall, it's a it's set at ten feet two inches. Okay, the warped wall itself is twelve, but this ring is is down just a little bit further, so I can have shorter people get to it. And uh, this ring is set at ten feet two inches, and I have a five year old fixing to be six, but he's five years old, and I bet he's not. 36 inches tall maybe a little taller and he can run up and get that ring at 10 feet 2 inches so you tell me kids nowadays training for ninja specifically for ninja they're going to be just incredible species (laughs) of ninjas you know I mean my background is gymnastics that's great Um, got martial arts got bull riding got all these things that that have helped me become a great ninja. But like I said, these kids nowadays are getting this training from day one. So they're just in a whole nother level. I mean, like, listen to this. This is crazy. I've got a record, uh, a wall over here of records. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the records is, see how long you can ha- dead hang. Which, okay, I, I was reading that earlier. So what's a dead hang? Dead hang is just a flat bar, doesn't roll, mm-hmm. doesn't spin. You just hang on it. So overhand, two hands, hang. Just How long can up. you yeah. hang? Okay. The normal average adult can dead hang for approximately a minute and 45 seconds. Okay. An, uh, kind of an athletic. Right. Right. Um, a true average adult can hang for about 30 seconds. Right. Okay. I know two kids. One kid personally, he actually won American Ninja Warrior Junior last year. He's a friend of mine's son. Oh, cool dead hang for almost 40 minutes what 40 minutes that's insane because yeah. like now you're starting to see at the fairs and different conventions and everything they're starting to have those the dead hang the, the little yeah give you 100 bucks if yeah, you can hang on like for 90 seconds you can seconds. make it for 90 seconds or two minutes or whatever we'll mm-hmm. give you a couple hundred bucks yep. that stuff's hard yeah that's really hard to do i can't imagine i can't imagine anybody doing it for 10 minutes right much I mean, less like the I mean obviously they're smaller so they yeah, so there's still, a little bit of that but fear relativity man right like body weight ratio yeah. like it's freaking crazy That's and the other kid Jody Avila's boy he's the same way upwards of thirty five minutes and that wow. kid is like eight years old. That's insane, man. Like <laughs> now you're, you're... now here's the next level of that. Like think about this: how many eight to eleven year old or thirteen year old kids? Can sit still for thirty to forty minutes. Bingo, bingo. That's, that's <laughs> not me. to mention I, hold on to a bar. I know us. We have a hard the, time. Like I'm surprised we made it this far in this podcast. Right. Going. Hey, let's go. Let's go, let's do go look at this thing. Let's go yeah. try this. Like, I can't imagine. Oh yeah. I can't imagine being that strong. It's like that kid, and you see that kid that it's always he's always on social media now, and he's like fourteen or fifteen, mm-hmm. and he's always training with like Bradley Martin and all those big time oh, right. bodybuilder people right, right. It's all over social media. And it's like, how does a kid get that? discipline to do anything i wish i knew because i feel like looking at people like that Mm -hmm. that must have been what people thought about me right yeah that makes sense like like what was it what flipped what was the what factor happened yeah to make me like be so focused and nobody like taught me to be focused but i think i think it's the way that things are presented to kids. I think right. that has a lot to do with it, man. And, and I'm not, obviously I'm not a parent. I don't know. Um, but I think, cause I see it, I see it a lot of times at like little league baseball games. You see parents that are just constantly pushing their kids instead mm. of, you know, like when you go to gather, you go to gather horses, you show them a window. Right. And then they find that, they find that gate and then all of a sudden they heard through that gate. Right. And I think that's the way that things should be presented to kids. It's like, you know what? Hey, here's this big world of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, 
going to be that parent that says, you're going to play baseball or you're going to do jujitsu or you're going to do ninja stuff and I'm going to push you. We're going to go to a meet every weekend and this is what you're going to do. My parents, I, I love it. My parents looked at me and they were like, yeah, you know, we're going to support you in whatever you do. Yep. Even when I decided, you know what, I want to start announcing and I'm going to take a chance and this is, I'm going to put all my eggs in this basket for a minute. Yeah. And they were like, yep, we'll support you. Let's do it. We'll, we'll help you do whatever you need. Um, even quitting college, which, you know, I know, I'm, I know they were disappointed, but, uh, they supported me. Instead of saying, nope, you're going to book a rodeo this weekend and you're going to go to a rodeo this weekend, it was like, nope, good luck. Right. We'll, we'll be there to support you every step of the way. Well, and, and, you know, I've raising my son, I mean, being as athletic as I've been and having a son that, you know, I'm thinking, is he going to be a gymnast? Is he right. going to be, you know, what's he going to do? Like, whatever. And it's it was hard for a little while because he wasn't as interested in athletics as I was. Right. So I'm like, how do I deal with this? Like, I don't even understand. Like, what's going through your mind? Why don't you want to, like, go to the Olympics? Or why don't you want to be on a team? Or yeah. why don't you want to play football? Or, like, something. Yeah. You know, he he got my art side. Like, I play guitar. And right. I draw. Actually, art was one of my minors in college. So he took on more of that side of things. He's creative super creative and and finally you know it probably took me a few years but i'm like okay look support him and whatever he you know if he wants to be you know van gogh awesome yeah and so that's when i started telling him like tyler i don't care what you do find the passion in your gut and follow that yep the passion can change that's fine that's right but find one find something that you're passionate about obviously you will do whatever it takes and and this is why, like, I've wanted to do this a long time, and, and this is why, because you're the epitome of everything that I believe in life. It's like, I I have been around so many people that hated their jobs, and they would come home from work, and they were miserable. <laughs> and just bitch and moan and, bitch, and yeah, not do anything about it. I'm going to drink a 12-pack of beer right. tonight. I'm going to hate my life. I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to do the same do shit it over again tomorrow. Again. It doesn't make any sense to nope. me at all, because I'm a firm believer in quality of life is so much better than, you know, than quantity of your bank account. Sure. I like like if I if I decide and I joke about this all the time. My whole life I wanted to either be a preacher or a pro wrestler. Those were pretty <laughs> much the only two options when I was a kid. My mom and dad back to them supporting me. My mom and dad bought me the exact same Bible our preacher had, right. my name put on it and everything. And by golly, I was going to be a preacher. But then there was this big part of me, too, that also wanted to be a pro wrestler. So my grandma even made these tank tops to where the vel- the, she cut it down the middle and put Velcro so I could rip it open like Nice. Like, hey, there's a – That's awesome. I've been an announcer, a commentator. I've got a podcast. I now own a gym. There's a damn good chance I decide I want to be a wrestler. And when I do, yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. Why, why wouldn't you? And the thing about it is – following your passion along the way mm-hmm. has opened doors just like you said before 100%. for you to be able to do the next thing in in life you, you deciding do. at 25 to chase this bull riding thing and like i want to try that essentially led you to the american ninja warrior stuff right uh-huh. yeah i mean i would not have probably done that had it not been for the pbr right i mean it's crazy man that's just a like <laughs> This is this is gonna blow, this blows my mind. Now there are some awesome awesome ninjas right now, so I've got you know high standards there to compete with. But in 2020, they're gonna have ninja competition in the Olympics. You're serious. So now think about this: I didn't go to the Olympics in '96 for gymnastics, but there's a chance. I may go to the Olympics in 2020 or 2024, which is how I don't, I'm not good yeah. with math, but that's a long time. That's over 20 years later. And this fella might actually have a chance to go to the Olympics to be a ninja. That is crazy, <laughs> man. That is so crazy. I'm, I'm looking on your desk like, and, the, and there's a say I won't. Oh yeah. There's a say I won't. I, I'm, that's, we're both wearing it right Love now. It. Like, yep. it's like the perfect metaphor for your life it's like okay you you telling me i can't do that watch this yeah watch this I mean, say i won't and i will it's 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 say i won't wreck a moped at 3 a.m <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know 
It, curb jumped out in front of me. Yeah. What, I mean, it was dark. The, I knew where I was going. You know dude. what it was? It was because they, in Florida, you have to wear glasses it's at so night. Stupid. It is stupid. And so, because they realize you may need a pair, they give you the chemistry glasses. Well, my chemistry glasses had obviously been wrecked before yeah. because there's a lot of scratches Glares. on them. I couldn't see couldn't very see. well. Yeah. And and big Brad Narducci was in well, front of you. Yeah. I, I couldn't blocked. see anything you around Brad. couldn't see Brad. anything. <laughs> My God, he's been on this podcast a couple of times, and, I know. and he's hilarious, man. <laughs> that guy keeps me in stitches. I had some good times. What's next? Oh, for sure. Like, is is there anything in life that you go, mm, man? I, I think I'm going to try that someday. Or have you just like maxed out everything? No, the next thing, um, once once I fulfill whether I obtain it or not, you know, going to the uh, going to the Olympics for ninja and or making the PBR finals. Um, I do have two other kind of goals before I die. One is being able to fly, doing the uh, flight suits. Yeah. Fly through the, you know, with those squirrel suits on. I want to fly. But, I feel like somebody posted one of those on Instagram today, and it's just it's it's a guy that has on like a suit that has like these the wing wings, type yeah, things. yeah. And you you've got to have so many jumps as a you know base jumper, and like right. it's it's a process. Like it's not something that I can just like go pay somebody to like throw me in a suit and right. like, throw me off a mountain <laughs> and and do it. But uh, that's one, and uh, the other one, which is more obtainable. And and probably going to happen quicker is I've got some ideas about how I can do some flipping stuff on bulls. Like I don't necessarily want to freestyle, but I kind of do. Right. I I I kind of can see the wheels in in your brain start turning and seeing the videos of people in other countries doing the the crazy like handstands and like catching yeah. bulls, you know, heads and and whatnot. Like I just think it'd be cool to try that. <laughs> you're an idiot you're an absolute <laughs> idiot but honestly that's why i love you man like we've had some good times for real for uh real. let's talk real quick about the gym like you have all ages classes for all ages everybody i teach kids ages four to 67 and that's no joke yeah like i have a four-year-old i have four-year-olds and i have a 67 year old woman that drives 45 minutes three times a week to train here really yes she I might have to stick around and check that out. She is awesome. And uh she she's like the epitome of what I want people to feel in here, which is there are so many things she can't do yet. Right. But she's not discouraged because you know, 98% of the people around her are doing the things she can't do. Yeah. She's okay with that. She's like, well, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna get better in my own way. Like, I'm, I can't do a pull up, but whenever I can do a pull up, it's gonna be a great day. That's awesome. And like, she wasn't able to run up and grab that that ring, like I was talking about earlier with the kid that's like 36 inches tall, got that 10 foot ring. She obviously is an adult, but she's 67 and not able to run up the wall yet. And so she's been here for a couple months, and she's able to run up the wall and grab that ring now. What? Yeah. The the, the warp, warp wall. Yep. And Thanks come down, for making me feel like and a come bitch down now. safely, like I, you know, and that's part of it. Like I, te- right. so yeah, so ages four to sixty-seven, um, we it's more than recreational. You know, people that just want to do it for fun, it's great. We've right. got classes for that. It's a good got, workout. Yeah, you can you can. I, I even have kids that are on basketball teams. The parents have come and told me that they're like now the best on their team because they're more agile from coming in here and doing our agility. Um, there's like I said, recreational, we, we do, I've got a team, I've got a competition team. So you can go to different States and different gyms and compete. Um, I mean, you can go as, as hard as you want or as light as you want. That's cool. And, uh, there's open gym times for the public. People can come in and just try it out and see if they see what they can do. Um, 17 bucks to come in for a day pass. And, uh, I'm usually open for about three to four hours at a time for that six days a week. Um, got a few tumbling classes. We've got silks classes. We've got parkour classes, uh, which is actually a military discipline. I didn't realize until last year, whenever I started this business. Yeah. But um, Tyler, my son, he's like, <laughs> "Okay, Dad, really? You have a parkour and ninja gym, and you used to like get on to me because I'd run around the house yeah, screaming parkour on and jumping on stuff." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Isn't "Yeah, funny." Yeah, I'm sorry, Tyler. 
Sorry so to say that publicly. It comes full circle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. So are we doing American Ninja Warrior again, or do we know? Like, Absolutely. Okay. Um, I, I did. Because um, you've been on three episodes, is that right? Three years. Yep. So uh, this will be my fourth time. And, you know, I still have to go through the same process everybody else has to right. make a video and fill out the application and stuff. So there is a outside chance that they may not pick me. Right. Um, but based on our conversations and stuff, it's a pretty good chance well, they I will. I promise you that it's not going to be because the bull riding announcer ninja took your spot because that <laughs> shit is hard to do, man. But we're going to get you out there on what I, I do. I, I, we've talked about this since this was a dream. Like both yeah. of us had the these car. ideas at the same time. <laughs> it was like, the road. like you wanted to do a ninja gym. I wanted to do like a, a classic Lately. gym mm-hmm. and it's, it freaking blows my mind that we, we both are. did it. Yeah, it's nuts, man. Here we are. It's awesome. Like I'm so sneaking proud for you. Yeah, I'm excited about everything that's going to happen here. Social media, Appreciate real quick. Social yeah, media. social media is all at ba ninja warrior uh, website ba ninja because it's in Broken Arrow. Which if you're it listening is. around, it's ish. It is, but that's ish. where the ba comes from. It's part of where the BA comes Or from. just because it takes a legit badass to do this. There you go. Like, it really does. Badass yeah. Ninja Warrior or BA Ninja Warrior. I'm going to go BA Ninja Warrior. Yeah. Um, somebody put some voodoo on me one time and said, bring ambulance. And I'm like, no, don't put that on me. No. <laughs> no. That is not what we'll, that means. We'll stick with the, just the flat BA. BA yep. Ninja Warrior. BA Ninja Warrior. All over yep. social media, right? Everywhere. And YouTube. You? Uh, my personal is Venom. It's like Campbell Soup, mm, good. Yeah. So it's V-E-N-N-M-M-M where'd on the, everything. Where'd the name come from? Uh, an ex-girlfriend. No, I meant the the oh. Vin. The Vin. Oh, Grandma. Yeah. She just, I'm a junior. Was there, okay. Yeah, my dad, uh, Larry Vin Johns Jr. Yeah. Is my full name. And cool. um, I don't I know where Grandma got it. You're really. the only Vin I've ever met, I think. And it's spelled like a Venn diagram. Yeah. That's the other thing like most people think. I said, Vin, yeah, like I freaking knew. Hell, like, I don't know. Like Vin Diesel. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I have a lot less money and a lot more hair yeah, than that's Vin. Right. <laughs> so, and honestly, you're probably taller and you're not yeah, that tall. <laughs> right. That is true. <laughs> so, yeah, Vin like a diagram. And uh, Venom, that's it. So that's cool, man. Just going to, you know, try to try to leave a, a mark on this planet. That's a, a positive one. It's awesome. I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah, really I'm glad. You, I'm glad. I'm glad you you were able to get me on here. If and, you ever get through Tulsa and you don't stop here, like there's two things. If you come to Tulsa or the surrounding Oklahoma anywhere, there's two things you got to do. One, you got to stop by Westfit, obviously. Absolutely. And two, you have to stop by the BA Ninja Warrior Gym. That's right. It's uh, it's crazy. It's mind blowing experience. You will never forget. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, guys. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Just be happy. Amen. Take care, everybody.